Hello, Note to Self listener. It is your host, Manoush. And the reason you're hearing this is because I'm on vacation. Which means that what you're about to hear is an encore episode of Note to Self. A nice way of saying it's a repeat. But hey, we only re-release our absolute favorites. So please enjoy this episode again, or maybe enjoy it for the very first time if you're new to the show. And while you're here, please subscribe to Note to Self, because we'll be back with something brand new really soon. From WNYC, I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is Note to Self, the tech show about being human. We get a little salty in this episode. We do lots of bleeping, but if you don't feel like explaining to the little person next to you what we're bleeping, then just skip this one and save it for a really boring trip to the grocery store. I like knowing if it's going to rain today. I like being able to find out right away what the origin of the word angst is. No cell phone, no radio, just me and my thoughts. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a mother of two. I've been married for 10 years. And so I can talk about apps like OkCupid or Snapchat or Instagram feeds like Tinder Nightmares, but I don't actually use them myself. And yet, I totally recognize that apps like this and accounts like this are completely changing the way that people meet how they create their relationships, whether or not they stay together, what happens when they don't stay together. And that, I think, is really worth the conversation. But it's not going to be me having the conversation today. My producer, Jen Point, you met her a few episodes ago. She's been telling me about this hilarious feed on Instagram that she absolutely loves. And she'll, like, show it to me every once in a while while we're walking down the hall. It's called Texts from Your Ex. So these are real text messages between exes. If you've never seen it, it's just pages and pages of screenshots of these. You're going to hear some of them, some dramatic readings of them later in this episode. But here's the thing. Jen would show me these, and I, I felt like I didn't understand the significance, the greater significance of texts from your ex. So she said, okay, while you're on vacation, I'm going to interview the guy who founded it. And you're going to see. Hello. Hi, how are you? The guy who started it, his name is Elon Gale. He's actually a reality TV show producer. I learned so much listening to Elon and Jen dig deep into why people text each other the craziest things and why they want to share texts that they've sent or received. Everyone has an ex and every ex will text you every every time all the time. It's just what people do. It's what pe- especially when you have a drink. It's the first thing you do. You have a drink, you reach for your phone, you text your ex. That is the, that's the way of things. Happy birthday, you worthless piece of shit. Hope all your birthday wishes come true and that your c*** rots off. It actually was really depressing for the first six months running texts from your ex. I mean, I probably have 30 or 40,000 unread ones right now. Just most of it's the, you ignoring them. A lot of it's them apologizing, and a lot of it's them finding out through social media that you're dating someone else and them telling you to go f*** yourself. What else is there? Those are the conversations you have. When I started Text From Your Ex, I I had been single at that point for like a year and a half and miserable. And so at first it was like really exciting to like feel that everything made sense and that I was not alone. 
it is really the relatability of it that I think makes it enjoyable is that you just go, you go, damn, it's not just my crazy person. It's everyone's crazy person. If you tell me to f*** off because of this request, I totally understand. But can I borrow your Netflix password to watch House of Cards tonight? Well, relationships make you into a real monster. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know I am. And also relatable and sad, you know, like the sad ones get me too. But there was one that just stuck in my brain. It was this poor, poor guy that said, I know this is pitiful and that's okay. Just please block me again on Instagram. I don't know why you unblocked me in the first place. Just do me that favor. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. God, I'm that, I'm that person too. I totally am. You keep mentioning the first one I ever posted. Oh, I've got it right here. Nothing about you ever changes. I have to do everything and switch my f***ing emails. <laughs> Every time I read it, uh, it makes me laugh. A, because Ansit is like the, the typos. Ansit. So good. It's so angry. Ansit me. I posted it. She said, hey, wow, thanks. I'm really glad that you did that. And I didn't know the person, but, you know, she seemed nice. And I wrote her back like, oh, yeah, it's funny. You know, I'm sorry you're going through that. And she's like, no, you know, at this point, it's all hilarious. And then about six months later, I got a DM on Twitter from the guy who had sent that text message. And he just told me that that was him. And he asked me if this was the person that had sent it. And I said, uh... I said, why? <laughs> he said, well, I just think it's hilarious. And I didn't know you knew her. And then he asked, I think he asked me if I was dating her. And I said, no, I <laughs> never met her. And uh, I was like, well, I mean, does it make you unhappy? And he said, no, I think it's great. It's one of my favorite things. I really love it. It was this really angry moment. And I'm just glad it exists somewhere in the world. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Then I wrote to her and I was like, hey, the guy that... Uh, sent you that text message a long time ago, reached out to me, and he thinks it's hilarious that it's up on the site. And she said, oh, yeah, of course, I know that. And I was like, wow, it's, it's so crazy. But people, I think, really, there's something about looking back on those text messages. I hope you get in a car accident and nobody gets hurt, but both cars get totaled. I don't drink, but I used to. And it's that feeling of when you wake up in the morning and you have that, that feeling of that pit of doom and guilt and fear. And you have that when you see the messages you send your exes, I think. And then after a while, you realize that they're all, for the most part, totally meaningless. Get your fucking olives out of my fridge. You've never had an interesting text conversation that hasn't been screenshotted and sent to 10 people. It's just not how it is. That's just what people do. Everyone, every go through anyone's iPhone library, and you will find a lot of white space with little green and blue bubbles. <laughs> That's just what people do. There is no such thing, and you know, there's a new level of trust you have to have with humans in your relationships, and it actually adds. Even though we treat relationships more casually because of text messages. Uh, and the way we communicate, you have to actually trust people more to be open and honest with them because you have your entire personal life and it lives on their phone or on their watch or on their unguarded computer and they're irresponsible dicks <laughs> and someone's going to pick it up and 
at any moment, anyone you know for, just could have a lapse of judgment for 45 seconds, leave their phone on a table without a passcode, and your entire life is visible. So why pretend that it's not? Well, that's my question then. Is there something about this reality that makes it Seriously, it makes it harder to just have like a bona fide healthy relationship anymore. You got Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, OkCupid, Ashley Madison. Like people have their foibles, they have their flaws. We're human beings, we fuck up. But now you have to get into a relationship and trust when honestly some people just aren't in the place to be trustworthy. Like you admit you had a drinking problem, you probably made huge mistakes when you were. And I still do, but unbelievable mistakes when I was a drinking person. And still, it's not really an excuse. Um, But no, it's really, really hard to have a relationship with a human being in a room with you. That's it. That's hard enough. Adding in all the extra layers of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, those are really complex social worlds to live in. Like that feeling you have when you first introduce someone to your friend group when you're dating them. Yes, yep. That's like a really that or to your family, God forbid. Those are two really pivotal moments. And in this age of uh, social media, which I can't believe I just said as a sentence, it's every day you do that. You do it every single day. You interact with people interacting with each other from different aspects of your life every single day. People are interacting with you. And after your first date, they're interacting with your Twitter account and your Instagram account and the other people that are inter- interacting with it and the comment section and all the, and they're gleaning information, yeah. sometimes correct, sometimes incorrect. All of these things, they're dealing with multiple parts of you. And it took us, you know, billions of years to get to a point where we had a common language. And now we've developed all these new methods of communications, but no one's learned how to do it yet, which is why almost everyone's really bad at it. Uh, And they get in trouble and they get in fights because no one really understands the complexities. Few people have taken into account the magnitude of broadcasting all of your thoughts. I hate you. I don't. I don't know why I said that. I love you. And I think about it all the time, and I'm quite sure I haven't gotten into 10% of the actual complexities. I could not agree with you more. I don't think people understand the boundaries or rules yet at all. Like, there's no – do you think there are clear boundaries for this? No, no, there aren't. No one's – because we don't talk about it enough. And we don't talk about it openly with each other in the opening parts of relationships where, you know, when you start dating someone, you kind of hopefully make it clear what – your deal breakers are like, okay, we're dating each other only. We only are going to sleep with each other or something. There's, there's some kind of vague rules set out, but people don't set out the social media. I mean, can you imagine the, imagine if you didn't know me, which I guess you don't really yet. Imagine the horror of meeting me and going on a date with me, <laughs> followed by going onto my Instagram account and seeing texts from your ex as something that I do and thinking, wow, this person knows no boundaries or space. (laughs) But if you get to know me as a person, I'd like to think that I'm not that thing and we can be more complex than that. But those rules aren't established. You don't get to say to someone, no, no, you can only interact with uh, in-person me. You don't get to have feelings about online me because online me is an entirely separate part of you, but it's still a part of you. I know you hate me, but 
where is the Taco Bell by your house that we went to that one time? You know, one of the things that the internet has done is it's let you also put all this out there in a way that you can avoid the small talk. If someone needs a guy who's over six feet, I'm 5'8". That's fine. They're allowed to have those preferences. And I'd rather they know in advance, you know, when I used to be on these dating apps, I would tell someone, I'm 5'8", just so you know. Because I had two occasions where someone would show up and say, oh, you're 5'8". And I'd say, yeah, well, we could have saved about $20 <laughs> in uh, parking and, uh, and drinks. This is a huge waste of time. Uh, the other question is, is like once you get into that relationship or those relationships, say you start dating, then what's appropriate for like snooping around in the background to see what else is happening in their connections and with their exes and all that stuff? I mean, that's also another hard thing to figure out. Yeah. You know, I think the rule should be unless you know someone really intimately and really, really well, don't tell anyone anything you're not okay with everyone knowing. I think that's just what it is. And also, you should just be okay with everyone knowing everything for the most part. You know, if you, those are the things that are about you and they're going to find them out. And so rather than being guarded all the time, just decide what people can know about you. And there should be some kind of cutoff as to where you feel uh, vulnerable. And that's the point at which you can kind of cut that off from everyone until you feel a closeness to them. And hopefully you as a human should be trying to push that vulnerability further and further and further until you're just okay with the horrible garbage that you are. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like that's, we're all just trying to hide our bad parts. No one's trying to hide their great parts. We're all just trying to hide our bad parts that are all going to come out eventually, especially with the people we love. You're a real bitch. And no, that is not a drunk text. I lied. Uh, yeah, that that was a drunk text. My bad. Probably the thing that makes me want to just lose my mind the most is when people on Facebook talk about how their privacy is being invaded. And I just go, you're using a free cloud in the sky that someone has made for you completely voluntarily. You don't get to do both. You either get to use it or you don't. And if you get anything you type into your computer, they're recording your keystrokes, my friend. You can't even type it into the comment section and then delete it without submitting it. That's all being stored. Let's just know that if you don't want it out there, don't say it. Good morning, my silent friend. Just so you know, you can ignore me as much as you want, but I'm not going anywhere. Sun emoji. I think once you say, okay, the world is just a thing that doesn't really exist, you try to laugh a little bit more. <laughs> and that's what Text From Your Ex does for me. That's awesome. That's what it does for me, too. I love you. Uh, thank you. Oh, so good. I love this conversation. Okay, when we come back, some messages from you. Note to self, listeners.
We're back. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and we are talking about texts from your ex. And we put out the call to you, note to self listeners, send us your stories about when you have sent or received a text from your ex. And you did. Paul was driving around in his car and recorded this message. He, after a few rounds, ends up often texting his ex, and he thinks that he's looking for closure. I've gotten drunk texts. I've definitely sent them. I was dating a chick for five years, and that ended quite badly. It was just a very abrupt ending to a relationship that I was not ready to completely end. Mm. Paul, I hope you get an answer. Cody, a listener in L.A., went home to Ohio recently, and he texted an ex he hadn't seen in five years. She responds with, what's your address? So she comes and picks me up. I was so surprised and nervous. So they went out. They went and ate donuts at Tim Hortons. He says that she looked exactly the same. They headed back home, and things got crazy in the front seat of the car. The next thing I know, we're making out with each other. After making out, they wrapped up the spontaneous date. Cody feels like the fire has been reignited with his ex, and he invites her to come visit him in L.A., and she says, yeah, text me in the morning. And he does. More than once. No response. Ever again. Hannah in New York totally admits to using texting her ex to feel better about herself. I came out as gay when I was uh, 19. I was a sophomore in college, and um, since then I have exclusively dated women. But when I am incredibly drunk and... (laughs) Uh, don't want to mess things up with the women in my life, I tend to text my ex-boyfriend, who I dated when I was a sophomore in high school. I have uh, sent him things such as, hey, like, you know that I've never had sex with a man. Um, Do you think, just be totally honest, do you think that you would be down to experiment just because I want to know what that's like? Um, which is hilarious to me because as a sober lesbian, I have absolutely no interest in (laughs) having sex with men. Um, But when I'm drunk, I want to feel loved and I want to feel wanted. Oh, we all just want to feel wanted, Hannah. Well, all of us except maybe Matt Deterior. This is the listener who wins the prize for the weirdest text to all of his exes. The text read... I want your blood. This generated a varied response that ranged from offers to meet me immediately to threats of physical harm from one of the recipient's boyfriends. I do not regret sending it. I gotta say, I kind of love that vampires also listen to Note to Self and that they also use their phones to get a little human attention. A big thank you this week to our guest, Elon Gale. You can buy his new book, Texts from Your Ex, and also a special shout out for his Instagram brand, Unspirational. Elon's got a t-shirt line for sale there, and all of the proceeds go to charity. Check it out. Just Google the words Unspirational and Charity if you're interested in what Elon is up to. He's a good guy. Friend of the show. I'm Anoush Samarodi. This is Note to Self. We'll talk next week.
Thank you so much for listening to this encore episode of Note to Self. You can talk to us anytime by sending us an email or a voice memo at note to self at WNYC.org. Tell us what you'd like to hear us cover or just reach out and tell us what's on your mind. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Note to Self. And please check out more episodes on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts or at notetoselfradio.org. For now, I'm Anusha Samarodi, and I'm trying to unplug. Talk soon. What do I say? Thank you. Thank you.